If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hey everyone, if things sound or look slightly different today, it's because I'm trying something new. The whole reason that I enjoy making these videos is for the learning process of how to make videos. And so every once in a while I try something new and if it turns out to be a horrible experiment where the audio is terrible and the video looks uh, washed out or something, then I apologize, but we'll just chalk it up to a learning experience and move on. That being said, today we've got a lot to talk about. Number one, I want to talk about my thoughts about the, uh, the the new Kirby 3D game. I played the demo, and I'm I'm uh, I'm unhappy to say that I was not surprised. Number two, there's been a big delay when it comes to a major game that's coming this year, and it's not for the reason that you think. Number three, I want to talk about the Steam Deck and a narrative that's kind of going on around um, what Valve is doing with the queue process. And of course, we have the lightning round and some other stuff to talk about. Plus, Sony has something going on. And by the time you watch this, it will probably have already happened. So if all that sounds good, let's get started. Okay, let's start things off today with the new Kirby game. I played the demo a couple of times and I have to say, well, first off, to be completely fair and transparent and let you know about my biases, I've never been a fan of Kirby. All the, babe, all the way back when I was watching the Totally Rad show and Jeff Kanata, who I almost always agree with uh, about video games, he was just gushing about Kirby's epic yarn. So I went out and bought it and I was very, very disappointed to realize that it is not a game for me. And that's okay. Not every game has to be for everybody. Speaking of Jeff Kanata, though, by the way, I did interview him on an episode of 143 Pixels. There is a link in the description down below, or if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast player, then just search for 143 Pixels, and I'm sure that you will find it. Uh, we talked about Ultima 7 and what it's like to be a geek back in the 80s versus now. Uh, but anyway, back to Kirby. That was really the first real experience that I had with a Kirby game and I was very disappointed and haven't enjoyed any of the Kirby games since then. I kind of put the Kirby and the Yoshi games into the same box of games that are clearly well-designed, well-built games, but they're not for me and that's okay. But Twitter was kind of exploding a few days ago with everybody talking about how much they were enjoying uh, the 3D Kirby that Nintendo is bringing out later on this year and there's a demo that you can try out and I downloaded the demo and I was unsurprised to find out that it is not a game for me and that's just okay. That That is to say, I don't like it, but I can tell that it is uh, objectively an enjoyable game for its audience. I'm just not part of that audience. So I do wanna talk about my experience with the game and the things that I liked about it even though I found the game to be boring. So first off, let's talk about art direction. I don't know how Nintendo can pull visuals like this out of the Nintendo Switch. When the Nintendo Switch launched five years ago, 
it was essentially a six year, like it was already a phone at the time. Like it was not impressive hardware. It was dated hardware when it launched. And yet Nintendo, here they are five years later, um, almost to the day. And they're still making really, really pretty games. And it's because they do something with art direction that is very, very important. Now, in this game, of course, the, the thing that I noticed that jumps out at you right away when you're playing this is the tilt shift. The, the game has this cool tilt shift where it makes everything look kind of toy-like, very, very similar to uh, the remake of Link's Awakening, also on the Switch. By the way, if you missed out on that game, you missed out on a fantastic game, so make sure that you pick that one up. But uh, that, that's definitely what I was thinking of when I was playing Kirby's... Um, what is it? The Lost Adventures or, or The Lost Lands or something? Forgotten Lands. Kirby and the Forgotten Lands. Uh, that's definitely what it reminded me of. That being said, the gameplay didn't hold up for me. However, art direction aside, um, there are some things about the game, um, the gameplay that I do enjoy. First off, I like that Kirby has the ability to copy all these other abilities from the different things that you run into. Like maybe you're a sword and board guy or you can uh, eat a person and you turn into somebody that can throw bombs or ice or there's a lot of different things boomerangs you can eat a car and turn into a car and all of the things that they are adding to this game give you a good variety of gameplay experiences from moment to moment so it doesn't I don't think it tends to get stale I still don't like the gameplay itself but I can see that the ability to constantly change Kirby's moveset allows you to refresh what's happening and also find the ones that you really like. Like, for instance, when you come up against a boss and you are fighting a boss, right before you go into that boss room, it, at least in the demo, they give you the option of three different um, versions of Kirby to go in with. And if you decide to go in with the bombs, then you get one experience. If you decide to go in with the sword, you get another experience. And if you decide to go in with the ice, you get another experience. And I thought overall, that was pretty cool. The boss fight itself was forgettable. And as this is the demo that Nintendo is using to showcase their game, I thought that they would have, I don't know, picked a boss fight that was better but at the same time I have been playing a lot of Elden Ring lately and maybe that has colored my um my not my recollection my experience with the boss in Kirby it was incredibly dull incredibly boring and predictable you know I run in I throw a few bombs or shoot some ice at the guy and then he does a big very heavily telegraphed wind up before he swings. I get out of the way. I jump back in and attack again. Rinse, repeat multiple times. Really nothing surprising there. If you are somebody who really enjoys the Kirby games, this is probably right up your alley and you're going to have a lot of fun with it. But if you're somebody like me who doesn't really care about the Kirby games, then overall I think you're going to be disappointed. So I would definitely recommend that you check out the demo for yourself and see if it's the kind of game that you're going to enjoy. And if you do, then pick it up. And if not, then you know the answer and move on. But make sure you try out, that you try out the demo first. Don't just buy it sight unseen. Uh, that's my recommendation anyway. For those of you that don't know, 
it was supposed to come out last year. There was a game, a remake called Advance Wars 1 and 2. And Advance Wars 1 and 2 is a remake of a very old franchise that's been around for a really long time. And that was delayed to this year to, I think, give them more time to polish it up, which is really good to hear. Nintendo has made the decision, based on what's happening with the war in Ukraine, they've made the decision to put the game on an, uh, a hiatus indefinitely until it's more appropriate for it to come out. Now, for those of you that don't know what Advance War 1 and 2 are, it's basically a, a turn-based strategy game with very, very uh, cheerful-looking uh, armies fighting each other. The reason, and if somebody looked at that, they'd say, what, they're, they're shelving it because it has tanks in it? I mean, there's lots of games with tanks in it. Why shelve it? Here's the reason why. And as somebody who did not play the original Advance Wars 1 and 2, I only played whichever one was on the DS. So Advance Wars Dual Strike, I think is what it was called, because all the games had the DS in the name. Um, apparently, the Blue Moon Army, which is basically supposed to be the Russian army, like it's, it's their stand-in for the Russian army, invades a nearby country. That's the beginning of Advance Wars 1 and 2. The um, analog for Russia invades a nearby country. So having that game release with what's going on right now would be really, really bad. And I think that it's... Look, Nintendo has had this game ready to go for a while now, and they were like, hey, we're going to do the right thing, which quite often I don't think Nintendo does the right thing, um, but they decided to do the right thing and not ship this game that would clearly make them money because there's a lot of hype around it, and that's going to leave a big hole in their 2022 set list. That doesn't mean that they're going to have a bad year, but that does leave a hole in the set list that otherwise would have been filled by Advance Wars 1 and 2. And I applaud Nintendo for doing that. I think it's the right move, and it sucks that they have to, but good, you, good on you, Nintendo. All right, let's move on and talk about the Steam Deck. The Steam Deck, uh, I have one, and I really, really like this device. That being said, I want to be completely transparent with everybody out there. And for those of you that don't know, Valve sent me this Steam Deck, and I did not pay for it. That being said, I did order one, and I am in quarter two when I'll be able to buy mine. So let's talk about that whole quarter thing. For those of you that don't know, when Valve announced the, that you could buy the Steam Deck, essentially they said if you have a Steam account, and that Steam account has spent money before today, not today when I'm recording this, but today when they announced the Steam Deck, you can purchase one or basically you can spend five dollars to get in line to purchase one and a lot of people did i was one of those people i was when when the announcement came through i was in the middle of playing zelda um on the nintendo switch and i was streaming it so i had to do this weird dance of playing zelda fighting with valve uh to try and make my order because the store kept dying and talking to chat about it and it was it was not a fun experience to try and pre-order this thing because everybody was trying to pre-order this thing. It was a no-brainer. It was five bucks to get in line and you could make a decision later. So, of course, people were pre-ordering this thing like crazy, and I was one of them. 
And I ended up in quarter two. So what Valve did is they said, all right, they put everybody who ordered it in line, and they said, some of you are quarter one after a slight delay. Some of you are quarter one. Some of you are quarter two. Some of you are after quarter two. And there were a lot of people, myself included, that assumed, and we don't know what's happened yet, but a lot of us assumed that a lot of people once the option to purchase the Steam Deck would come through, would cancel their pre-orders because it was a $5, not even have to think about it, purchase at the time, and you get that $5 back if you cancel your pre-order. And I figured a lot of people would just cancel their pre-order. Now, I don't know if a lot of people have canceled their pre-order or if nobody's canceled their pre-order. Chances are it's somewhere in between. But Valve estimates have been quarter one, quarter two, or after quarter two. Now, recently, Valve updated that based on new information. Now that the Steam Deck is being sold, they are allowing people each week to make their purchase and then sending those things out. Valve has enough information to update those estimates and be a little more accurate with when they're going to be shipping the Steam Deck for each person. And there are some people uh, who didn't quite understand what after quarter two means. And I'm not trying to make fun of or be snarky or anything like that here. I'm just trying to explain the situation before I tell you what's bugging me about the situation. Uh, so there are people who had after quarter two, and then they checked their updated information, and Valve is now saying that they're after quarter three. And those people are saying, well, wait a second, my Steam Deck has been bumped to after quarter three. I was after quarter two before. But the thing that I think a lot of those people don't realize is that after quarter three is included in after quarter two. After quarter two didn't mean not in quarter three. It meant, well, let me rephrase that. After quarter two did not mean quarter three. It meant sometime after quarter two was over. And that includes sometime after quarter three is over. So they didn't really lose their place in line. But a lot of people felt like they did because of these updated shipping statuses. And they posted it to the subreddit complaining about it. And you know what? I am not saying that their disappointment is invalid. Those Reddit comments are then used by big publications to post misinformation about the Steam Deck and Valve. And I am not here to defend Valve. That is not my job. My job is to talk about things that I'm excited about. And I like to analyze the video game industry, and this is part of it, so that's why I'm talking about it. And... The, the idea here, and I, I'm not going to say that this was done with malice, although you could easily say, well, they did it for the clicks. I'm going to say it was done through ignorance, and maybe I'm wrong about that. And don't think that I mean ignorance as in like I'm calling somebody stupid. I'm just saying they're misinformed. So somebody uses this negative opinion that's been posted to the subreddit, and then they write an article that says Steam users are upset when Valve delays their Steam decks. Well, that's not what happened. Valve didn't delay their Steam decks. Valve just updated the information to tell them more, more finite, more definite, more concrete information that allows them to be better informed. 
it's unfortunate that they misunderstood how it went the first time, but now they have better information and Valve has given that to them. And I saw a lot of articles that were saying that Valve was delaying Steam Decks, and that's just not true. And I've seen this subreddit thing happen a million times. Let me give you an example. I just talked about how I was not a fan of the new Kirby game. I could go on the Nintendo subreddit and say, I think the new Kirby gaming is a steaming pile of crap. And then somebody could write an article that says Nintendo fans are unhappy with the 3D, with Kirby's move to 3D. And then they could quote my opinion and turn that into an article that gets a bunch of clicks because it's negative. And overall, that just feels kind of scummy. I'm not going to say it's malice, but it just doesn't feel right. And I feel like that's what's happening here with the Steam Deck. Valve specifically uh, responded to this, and let me bring it up, and I want to make sure that I get it right. So I'm opening it up on my phone so that I can uh, say exactly what Valve said. Here's what Valve said. Reservation holders have always remained in a queue based on when they reserved. Now, we are able to relay those more specific estimates for the rest of the queue. Those receiving after Q3 are seeing this specification to where their spot in line was already. Basically, what Valve is saying, nothing changed. We just gave you more information. We have not moved the line at all. Your spot in line hasn't moved. All we did was give you more information, more accurate information. And Valve is being met with nasty articles because of that. And it's just a thing that I constantly see in the gaming industry where a company, a big publication writes an article and their, their source, their citing is a subreddit user's opinion. And that's not okay when you're a gaming journalist. And real quick, just to be clear, I do not consider myself to be a gaming journalist. So, like, I think it was on the pre most previous episode, most previous? The most recent episode of On Deck. I said something along the lines of Valve is shipping 200,000 Steam Decks a month. And somebody asked if that was, like, what my source was on that. And sure enough, it was the subreddit. I saw it somewhere on the subreddit, and then I parroted it. So I'm guilty of it, too, but I'm also not a gaming journalist, and I'm not paid for this. This is just me doing it because it's fun. So, you know, uh, maybe I'm being a little hypocritical here, but I just wanted to talk about that real quick. By the way, if you haven't checked out our podcast, On Deck, it's a podcast all about the Steam Deck, and I gotta say, this piece of hardware is fantastic, and you're gonna wanna check it out. Let's move on to Sony. I still don't have a PS5, but tonight is the state of play, and I'm very excited to find out what is in store for people who do have a PS5, and the reason is because my aging PS4, when I turn it on, it sounds like a jet engine is ready to take off. And my wife has given me permission to buy a PS5 as soon as I can locate one. In fact, funny little story, I'm a teacher, we had a snow day one day. Just so happened that a PS5 was available. I got it in my cart. I went to buy it, and my bank said, no, you don't buy from there very often, so we're not going to let this transaction go through, and it slipped through my fingers. But I'm still trying, so I'm going to keep working on getting a PS5, and when I do, then I'll be able to play the exclusives that, are, that they are about to talk about on the state of play, and here's my prediction. I think we're gonna finally see more information on Final Fantasy 16. Good 
Lord, it feels like it's been a long time since they've shown that game off, and I want to find out more about it. And it's, I think it's a PS5 exclusive, and that, that right there is almost enough to get me to buy a PS5 already. On top of that, I'm expecting that we'll find out more information about the sequel to Final Fantasy VII Remake, where they're finally outside of the city and going into the open world, I cannot wait to find out more about that. That game is really, really great, and um, I want to revisit that world with Cloud and Barrett and Tifa and everybody else, and it's going to be awesome. So I'm, I'm excited for that as well. Plus, Final I know, Final Fantasy time. Uh, Final Fantasy um, 14 is awesome, and I've heard nothing but fantastic things as to how it runs on the uh, PS5, so there's that as well. Now, those are the things that I'm looking forward to most on the State of Play. Um, so, you know, let me know in the comments down below what you liked most from the State of Play, and I'm sure that I'll talk about it on the next episode of Games with Bill. Um, here's what we're not going to find out about on the State of Play, and it's, it's another reason that I'm excited for the PS5, and that's PSVR 2. So essentially, the State of Play is going to be about 20 minutes long, and in that 20 minutes, they are not going to be focused on the PSVR 2, which is really disappointing to me. I don't have a VR system. I wanted to get a, an Oculus Quest 2. I waited long enough that now I feel like I'm the Oculus Quest 3 is right around the corner. But then Sony's tempting me with all of their stats and wizardry that they keep talking about with the, with the PSVR 2. I know we're not going to hear about that in the state of play, but I really want one, and I'm disappointed that the state of play is not going to include more information about it. Uh, so anyway, let me know what you guys think about the state of play down below, and maybe I'll be able to grab your, um, by the time you see this, it will have already happened, so maybe I'll be able to grab your comments and throw them into the next episode of the show. Anyway, let's move on to the lightning round. All right, I got four things to talk about in the lightning round. Number one, Discord. Join our community Discord. There's over there's over 1,600 awesome people waiting to talk to you about video games, TV, book, tabletop, all that stuff. There's a link in the description down below, or head on over to nerdnest.tv slash Discord. That's number one. Number two, Tiny Tina's Wonderland has some really cool endgame content that's on the way. It's called, I forgot what it's called, so I'm looking at my phone. It's called the Chaos Chamber. And they're saying it is an infinitely replayable dungeon that you can keep going back into over and over. And that is their version of Endgame. I cannot wait for this game. The first Borderlands game that I ever played was Borderlands 3. And I've heard nothing, but people are always telling me how much worse Borderlands 3 is than the other ones. And I'm like, I loved Borderlands 3. So if it gets better from there, then... Hell yes, sign me up. And Tiny Tina's Wonderland takes all of the things that I like about Borderlands and wraps it up in D&D. &D. Yes, please. That sounds absolutely fantastic. Uh, let's also take a look at, i got to close that and bringing up my show notes here. Monster Hunter Rise on April, no, on March 15th. They're going to tell us more about Sunbreak. Um, Monster Hunter Rise probably my favorite game from last year. I had so much fun with that. I played through it 50 hours on the Nintendo Switch, 80 hours on the PC version of the game. Loving that game. I finished the like the big big boss uh and now I've just got to, you know, 
do some gear farming in order to get better gear so that when Sunbreak comes out this summer, I'm ready. Well, we're going to find out more about Sunbreak in about a 20-minute thing that's happening on March 15th, so we've got that to look forward to. And then finally, World of Warcraft is getting their next expansion announced on April 15th, I think it is. I've not played World of Warcraft in a really, really long time, but that game kind of took my life over for seven years, and I'm interested in checking it out again, especially since I've been playing games on my Steam Deck. I've been working on a Steam Deck layout for a game that's very similar in control layout to World of Warcraft, which famously does not support controllers. My preferred way to play is on controller, and I've got a way on here that I think will work very, very well for World of Warcraft, and there's a video coming on that soon, not on World of Warcraft, but on another MMO with a similar control layout, if that makes sense. Anyway, April 15th, we're going to find out what the next expansion for World of Warcraft is, and I'm pretty excited to find that out, even though I don't currently subscribe to the game. All right, that's it for the lightning round. That's it for today's episode of Games with Bill. Thank you very much for hanging out with me. Please let me know in the comments down below, how was the audio? How was the video? I know it wasn't our usual setup, and I'm curious what you guys think. Thanks for watching. I'll see you next time. Stay rad, everybody.